Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. After the Apocalypse, a pandemic survival story. Season 3, Episode 6, Trap. Damn, that old man is a machine. Janet took a deep breath in through her nose and blew it out her mouth. She was struggling and the old man was pulling ahead. She straightened up and pushed her hips forward into the hill. She pulled another large breath in through her nose so that it filled her lungs and expanded her abdominal cavity. She blew it out and focused, squaring her shoulders and bringing her hands up higher towards her ears and relaxing into the effort. They were running hard towards that opening in the woods they had seen from the water tower, moving fast to gain an advantage over the person on the bike. She looked up to see the quick steps of the old man climbing the hill in front of her. The pat, pat, pat of his sandaled feet danced lightly on the gravel. His head was high, and his hands rose up loosely to keep time with his stride. He pulled his skinny body along with some hidden force as she struggled to keep up. She knew he was a hardcore trail runner, but... It always surprised her when he took off and she had to chase. It didn't seem right. She dropped her head and dug harder, throwing gravel out behind her. She could handle the effort. She was an athlete as well. She knew how to work, but damn, this old man had another gear. The day was starting to warm, and a wet circle of sweat was forming where her ponytail bounced off the light pack between her shoulder blades. They had stashed everything except the essentials and their weapons back at the water tower. They needed to be light and move fast for their plan to work. At least there was a plan. This made her feel better because it gave them something positive to do, an action to take. She found she always felt better when she had an action to focus on. She didn't like being on the back foot. Bill lagged a few feet back. He loped along and paced them by the side of the road with his tongue hanging out. Even the big dog knew he needed to conserve energy when the old man was setting the pace. They came to a rise in the road and looked out onto an open field below. Janet was breathless and hot. She bent over with her hands on her knees, sucking air and waiting for the lactic acid to drain out of her quad muscles. You, you're gonna give me a heart attack, yo goat. 
she said between gasps. The old man looked at her curiously for a moment. Let's get out of sight, Bill. Air. They moved to the cover of a rock outcrop and examined the area in front of them. They didn't see anyone there, and that was good. There was a weed-covered pile of soil on the edge of the lot with the remains of a rusting pickup truck. The trees had been knocked down and pushed into a pile. A rutted road ran along the edge where an idled backhoe was parked, waiting patiently for workers who would never come back. There was a tractor-trailer truck parked on the far side with the back doors ajar. Must have been getting ready to build houses or something, the old man said. What's with the snack cake trailer? Janet asked. Don't know. Seems odd. We'll check it out later, he replied and continued. If our friend was coming in this direction, I think our plan worked and we got here first. He considered the clearing again and asked, Is this the place you saw the smoke coming from? Janet straightened up, wrinkled her nose, and looked around. I don't think so. I think that's another mile or so up the road. She wiped sweat from her forehead. What's the plan now? The old man looked around. We studied this whole area hard from the water tower, right? He pointed to the rutted road that emptied into the field. Anyone coming from that direction has to use this road. There's no other way through the gap. I say we surprise them here. We can pick them off from cover. Wait, we don't even know if they're hostile yet. Janet protested. We can't just shoot them before we know who they are and what they're up to. We need to make them stop and talk to us. You might end up regretting that. The old man said. He looked up and down the gravelly slope, thought a bit, and said, How about this? You take cover on the side of the road up there. He pointed to the underbrush at the top of the hill and continued, pointing down the slope now. I'll hide in the brush about halfway down the trail where it narrows. When they come over the top, we'll be able to see how many of them there are and if they're armed. If there's too many or it looks dangerous, we'll just stay hidden back in the brush and watch them. But, and here he paused, as if making a brilliant conclusion. If it's just that one guy, we can surprise him. Janet seemed confused. And then what? Well, the old man said, when he stops, I'll grab him. How's that going to work? I'll block the trail with something, so he'll have to stop, right? Then I'll step out from below with Bill and confront him. You come down from behind, and he's trapped. Zane was working hard, trying to make up time. It took a little longer to swap out the tube than he had hoped, but he figured he was still in good shape to outflank the survivors he had been observing. He was sprinting now, driving his bike hard, cranking, and up out of the saddle. He would still have time to flank the outsiders. Boomers were slow. He was mobile and fast. He smiled at the thought. He wasn't worried about being a solo rider out here alone. The base knew where he was and knew the situation. If he didn't check in, they'd send another team. Zane knew these trails and roads like the back of his hand. He was 
almost around the marsh now, and only had the ridge road to navigate. Then, through the gap, and in no time, he'd be at the snack cake trailer. He could set the trap and wait, stop them before they found the zoo. Zane leaned into the next hill, pushing hard, striving for the summit. Once he got there, he'd shoot the gap down into the old house lot. This was his favorite part of the ride. It was a couple hundred feet of steep downhill on a fast, smooth dirt road. Then it leveled out into a flat spot, followed by a little hump. When he hit that little hump with the speed from the hill, he'd be launched. He knew he shouldn't be having so much fun. This was serious business, but he couldn't help himself. What was the harm in enjoying her job? This part of the ride is a blast. This section of the trail reminded him of the old wooden roller coaster in the amusement park near where he grew up. A terrifying ramshackle affair. The Flying Comet. The comet's frame was old and made from wood, so that when the cars went up and down, the wood frame shook and rattled like the thing was going to break apart, like the cars were going to fly off the track. When you went into one of the hard turns, the rattling cars flexed against the track as it shook and swayed and screamed against the centripetal force. You could see the old bolts moving in the frame. The new steel coasters were cool, but they couldn't hold a candle to the old wooden tracks that always seemed just a moment from disintegration. You'd see the crotch of the old maintenance worker napping under the tracks and silently pray that he'd completed his inspection and checked the brakes. Zane remembered the one summer he had worked at that park. It was an interesting place, a legacy of the vaudeville era before the Great Depression, when trains would shuttle parties out from the city to spend the day at the park. It used to have a dance hall and a beach on the lake with a band pavilion. But by the time he was working there, it was a decaying edifice, haunted by tattooed carnies that smelled of whiskey and stale tobacco. And you checked your wallet when you walked past them. There were a few of the old rides left, like the Comet, the Turkish Twist, and the bumper cars, with their electric smell of ozone that still drew families. The old park would hold on for a few more years, but when the owners couldn't afford insurance anymore, they auctioned off the 120-year-old carousel animals before demolishing the midway to make way for a brutal swath of lakeside condominiums and McMansions. A new generation of refugees from the city, vying for a sliver of middle-class life in the country. He smiled, imagining the treasures they would turn up in their vegetable gardens. This was all nostalgia now, but Zane could still feel the thrill of the old coaster in his bones as he crested the final hill and looked down at the descent into the gap. He let out a whoop and launched down the slope. Janet heard a yell that sounded like a happy fan at a football game and turned to see the rider in black shooting past her down the hill. Jeez, he's flying. She waited and listened to see if anyone else would follow. The dust from the bike 
drifted toward her and settled into the nettles of the ditch. She began to move in a crouch towards where the old man was stationed. Zane was feeling the happy rush of speed as he flew with abandon down the slope. He loved this. It was all good now. He'd get to the lot, rig the trailer, and take up a position to watch. Zane, the edge rider. Zane, the athlete. Zane, the warrior. Then his amygdala pinged an unconscious alert. He snapped to attention and refocused on the trail. He reacted faster than a normal person, could see something and recognize it as a hazard. His subconscious, wired by months of riding, sent an alert that snapped him back to the now of riding. There was something across the trail in front of him. It looked like a large tree branch, probably from the recent storms. He thought and realized he quickly needed to make a call. Crap! He was going too fast to stop. Focus, Zane, focus. You're having too much fun and should have seen this earlier. He was in the zone of the riding and thinking fast. Options snapped into place for immediate consideration. The obstacle was rapidly approaching. He could try to stop. He could try to pass through the rough edges of the trail. He could slide hard sideways and lay down his bike in a controlled skid. He would jump over it. It shouldn't be a problem. The bike was like an extension of his own wiry body. With all these months of riding, and he could literally parkour with it if he had to. Like those old helmet cam videos on the internet, when there was an internet of trick riders jumping bikes from building roof to building roof or descending the knife edge of a mountain ridge. He'd bleed a little speed with his brakes, compress the shocks, and pull up like a bunny hop just as he got to the obstacle and jump right over. He saw how it was going to work in his mind's eye and smiled again. This ride was getting more fun by the minute. Zane let out another whoop as he prepared to launch his bike over the deadfall. The old man watched from cover as the rider crested the hill and started to descend. The single rider was alone, just a kid on one of those mountain bikes with the big knobby tires. He was dressed in camo cargo pants and a black hoodie, straps from a backpack cinched in at his shoulders, and a black helmet with a visor pulled down hid his face. No weapon was in evidence on the rider. That made things easier. The old man had pulled a large branch across the road where it narrowed. The kid would have to stop to move it. When the kid stopped, the old man and Bill would jump him. The old man whispered a command to Bill, made sure his crossbow was armed, and got ready to move. What the hell? The old man thought, startled. The kid wasn't slowing down. Was he going to crash through the branch? The rider let out a shout. Had he seen the trap? The old man started to move. He came out of his crouch and lurched for the road. The rider stood in the pedals and pushed down hard while simultaneously pulling the front wheel up. The kid was going to jump over the branch. Out of the corner of his eye, the old man saw Janet running down the hill behind the kid. He scrambled to get out into the road. 
He didn't know exactly what he was going to do, but maybe he could force the kid off the bike. He was only a couple feet away. The kid was in midair and flying towards where the old man was climbing out of the ditch. Time seemed to slow down, and the old man could see the helmeted head turning slightly to look at him. The old man wasn't going to get there in time. He had missed his opportunity. Damn! The kid was going to zoom past. Struggling up out of the ditch, the old man caught the toe of a sandal on a rock and pitched forward out of control. His elbow hit the ground, and the crossbow went off just as the rider passed. The bolt missed the rider's leg and went right into the spokes of the spinning rear wheel. It was grabbed and sucked into the chain and derailleur with a loud crunch. Zane was in full flight over the branch when he saw a scraggly bearded man lurching up out of the ditch towards him. Holy F! Where did this whack job come from? Zane stuck his landing and swerved right to avoid the man. F and boomers, he thought, and then started to shout out loud, Too slow, buddy! The old guy couldn't catch Zane. See ya, sucker! Zane thought and turned to look at the poor old goat trying to get out of the ditch and falling like a spaz. The back wheel of the bike jerked and locked. Zane felt himself thrown forward, and he was airborne again, but not in a good way. In the blink of an eye, the ground was coming at him. This is gonna be a total yard sale, he thought, and tuck in your head, tuck in your head. Then he hit, and time sped up. It was like being inside an industrial washing machine full of rocks. He tried to roll and burn off the momentum, but he was going too fast. It was a blur of dirt and pain. He felt a pop in his shoulder and saw stars as his helmeted head bounced. There was a metallic taste of blood in his mouth. He felt a momentary juice of a jolt of adrenaline. But then... Then he felt a white-hot pain in his arm. Something is broken, was his last thought as the world started to fade and he rolled awkwardly to a stop. Zane lay still and crumpled, looking up at the clear blue Tennessee sky through a mist of drifting dust and felt his consciousness fading. The blue sky started collapsing into a dark tunnel tinged with ragged red around the edges. Zane opened his eyes one last time and looked into the hard face of a concerned-looking woman with her hair pulled back tightly. She was gently taking off his helmet. She was saying something. It sounded soothing. He closed his eyes, and the blackness took over. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, my survivor friends, and welcome to the apocalypse. How are we surviving this week? For those time travelers among us, it is two days after Halloween, November 2nd, 2022, as I write this. This episode, episode 6 of season 3, will drop for members on Friday the 4th at midnight U.S. Eastern Time. And for non-members, the same time on the 11th, currently, right now, I'm producing this show and writing the next one. And I try to write in the morning. I find I have more creativity, and there's a greater chance of getting into the zone in the morning. I do have a morning routine, and I would recommend for you all to have a morning routine I have the great fortune of working for a company that's based in Mountain Time, or actually West Coast Time. They're out of Phoenix. So most mornings, I don't have any business meetings until at least after 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm working from my home office mostly. So my commute is a 15-minute shower and a shave, and I throw on some presentable clothes, and I sit or stand in front of the computer all day. Um, I do have colleagues in Europe and Japan, so there are some odd early morning meetings and evening calls uh, mixed into that. But the long story short is that I get two to three hours of quality morning time if I can stick to, you know, create and stick to that discipline to use them. And And I won't bore you too much with the sausage making, but I kick off with some meditation and other self-attention activities to prime myself, and then I get some reading and some writing done. And if you're interested in the mechanics of how that all works, you feel free to shoot me a note, and I will overshare. I still have some habits, though, some morning habits that I need to work on, that I need to modify. I'm thinking about this this week, because one of these is reading the news while eating my breakfast. And I tell you, the news just feels super apocalyptic right now. But I guess, you know, every generation would say that. And I'm trying to convince myself to remove that news from my information diet altogether. But it's hard because it's a habit, right? I must get some sort of uh, positive reinforcement from doing that if I'm still doing it. So why do you care? (laughs) Why do you care about my morning routines? Well, the more I can find a productive time slot and match it with a productive state of mind, the better able I am to produce content worthy of your attention. So if I win the morning, I win the day, and you get a better show. And I know you're all wondering, you know, what what is Chris reading now since finishing Watership Down? And by the way, I received more than one feedback 
from people on that essay about Watership Down. Uh, people who love that book had a special place in their lives, so I'm glad for that. Uh, currently, I'm working my way through the apocalyptic novel, Alas Babylon. That was a suggestion from Ryan on our Facebook group. And I'll refrain from comments until I finish, but it is a nuclear war scenario from 1959. And I'm also reading a book on Kindle that was written by a lady I went to prep school with. And it's called Two Truths and a Lie. And it is way outside my genre preference, but it is literally set in my school when I was going there, so it's super strange for me because I recognize all the quote-unquote fictional settings and fictional characters. So I'm going to let you off easy this week, but I do have one announcement. I have started working on a website. Version 1.0 is live at oldmanapocalypse.com. And this is my first pass, so it isn't completely built out. Please be kind, uh, be gentle, but go take a look. There's a contact page there if you want to send me some suggestions, feedbacks. I linked pages to the podcast on ACAST and to the merch store on TeePublic if you want to buy someone an After the Apocalypse t-shirt for the holidays. I will keep working on it and adding content, etc. But seriously, now is the chance to give your input on what you want to see there if you want to give input because this site builder that I'm using seems to be very good, very flexible uh, in terms of what features I can add. So let me know what you want. Hope you all are well, fit, and happy. Pet your kids, hug your dogs, and whatever else. Put one foot in front of the other. Keep moving forward and keep surviving. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.